Welcome to HR in 15, a podcast dedicated to addressing the complexities of modern HR in just 15 minutes. Brought to you by Prestige PEO, simplifying HR. Welcome back to another episode of HR in 15. I'm Eric Fudum, Chief Operating Officer here at Prestige PEO. Today, we are honored to have Kevin Law here. Kevin is President and CEO of the Long Island Association, Long Island's premier business association that advocates for policies, programs, projects that create jobs, spurs investment, improves access to and from New York City, reduces tax burdens, and improves the overall business climate in the Long Island region. He has been ranked as Long Island's most powerful non-governmental person in New York State. Maybe there's a little political run for you at some point, Kevin, but we are honored to have you here. How you doing? Very good, Eric. Uh, thanks for having me. You bet. And Kevin, I know you've been working closely with uh, business and government leaders on Government Cuomo's Long Island Control Room and New York Forward Task Force. I know you act as a strong advocate for the region's small businesses. So you are a really awesome guest for us to have today. So thank you again for joining us. Um, we are going to get right to it. So I just mentioned two words that I think our audience um, would will want to know about. Um, what exactly is the control room? Sure. So um, Governor Cuomo, uh, you know, created, he sort of divided up the state into 10 different regions, you know, because each region sort of has its own local economy. And um, he did that for economic development purposes, uh, sort of for healthcare purposes. And he also did it for the, the COVID crisis and uh, the reopening and the recovery uh, from the coronavirus. So, uh, again, there are 10 regions. New York City is a region. Uh, the Lower Hudson Valley is a region. Uh, the North Country, Western New York, Central New York. Uh, and, and that's how it's divided. And the Long Island region is Nassau and Suffolk counties. And what he did was he created uh, uh, regional control rooms um, to monitor the health metrics and the statistics of the coronavirus in each region. And uh, so I serve on the Long Island control room with both county executives, Steve Ballone and Laura Curran, as well as two other individuals, John Durso from the Long Island Federation of Labor and Tracy Edwards, who chairs the Long Island uh, branch of the NAACP. And uh, each control room has a captain uh, who is a state agency official and we happen to have eric gertler who is the commissioner of the empire state development corporation which is the leading economic development entity for new york state and that's what makes up our control room and we actually meet every day at 3 30 where we monitor the health metrics of our region and the ones we primarily focus on are hospitalization rates uh, infection rates, uh, hospitalization rates, unfortunately, death rates, and each region had to meet certain metrics uh, in order to begin to reopen. And uh, so we monitor them, and as we meet a particular threshold, then that region is allowed to enter into a next phase of reopening and recovery. On July 8th, uh, we uh, entered into phase four. Uh, of the reopening and the recovery plan. 
but we will uh, continue to meet each day because there are still some businesses that are not allowed to open uh, or not yet allowed to open. Uh, and the ones that are currently allowed to open, most of them have some type of restrictions in terms of the amount of employees they have uh, or the amount of patrons or customers that they could accommodate. Uh, so that's what the control room is. And the other entity that you mentioned was the New York State, uh, New York Forward Task, task Force. Right. That is a statewide task force that the governor put me on. And the focus of that task force is really to focus on longer term economic development for our state because we know every region of the state has been economically harmed and the economies are hurting uh, because of this uh, terrible pandemic. So a couple of things that you, you just referred to in terms of the metrics, um, at least for um, Long Island, right, in terms of um, infections and hospital rates, are is Long, are, is Long Island still um, positive in terms of, you know, low infections and are we keeping, uh, you know, as you know, there's surges that are going around around the country right now. H how would you, um, you know, compare Long Island right now and, and I guess the state too, to the rest of, you know, the, the rest of the country? Well, uh, Eric, it's uh, remarkably well uh, and surprisingly well. Um, you know, Long Island, like New York City, we were the epicenter of the whole country. Uh, if Long Island was its own state, uh, we probably would have had uh, the second worst statistics during uh, the months of April, you know, March and April, uh, when really things were terrible here. And um, so uh, I'm happy to report that uh, our infection rates are extremely low, um, that our death rates continue to decrease. In fact, Nassau and Suffolk County both had days in the last uh, two weeks where nobody died. Um, wow. And our hospitalization rates, um, most, uh, most hospitals have, you know, we're talking about hundreds of people in the hospital all over Nassau and Suffolk today, you know, hundreds as opposed to thousands. So statistically and metrically, we're doing good. The concern is, and as you alluded to, is the rest of the country, or most of the rest of the country, is now going through what we went through earlier. And there's a concern that Long Islanders will take their guard down, and uh, we may see those numbers go up. And that's why the control room will have to keep on monitoring the metrics, because if things got worse again, and I'm hoping they don't. And if we backslide though, or if a lot of people from down south where the worst problems are today, try to come into our region and don't self-quarantine, there's a risk that we could see these numbers spike up and that could cause more economic harm because businesses may have to, um, you, know, uh, you know, go on uh, back on pause again. We all have to be very careful and um, listen to um, what what Kevin and our authorities are saying in terms of social distancing and wearing masks. I, I mean, Kevin, would you agree that th these are mission critical points now where we need to really um, focus on health and safety of yeah. of individuals during, especially during the summer months where people want to be at the beach, you know, want to be outside? 
I know it's it's a it's a tough time to try to socially distance, but yes, those two things are critically important: yeah. uh, social distancing and wearing masks. And you know, unfortunately, um, wearing masks has also become political for some stupid reason. And I really think people need to understand that when you're wearing a mask, you're showing respect for the people you're coming in contact with because you care about their health. Um, but also, if you don't wear a mask, you run the risk of having a business shut down because they are required to make sure that their employees are practicing uh, uh, good safety measures and that any customers or clients that are coming into their place of business are wearing a mask. And um, there are, you know, th there are possibilities where businesses can be forced to close if people don't comply with the you know, requirements. So people should not be selfish and they should realize that if they don't wear a mask, they not only threaten the health of others, but they could negatively impact a small business and force them to close. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I couldn't, couldn't agree more. It, it's it's really about safety for others for wearing masks. Um, moving on to small business, uh, the small business community on Long Island. What are you seeing as a general morale, um, you know, of small businesses? Right. Well, now? I think we should uh, de uh, define small businesses sure. uh, here on Long Island. You know, the federal government with the Paycheck Protection Program. The federal government defines a small business as 500 employees or less. Well, we have very few employers on Long Island with that many uh, employees. In fact, there are, there are about 105,000 businesses in Nassau and Suffolk County, and 95,000 of them, so 95,000 of the 105,000 businesses have 20 employees or less. So when I use the term small business, I'm referring to businesses of 20 employees or less. And again, they make up the majority of businesses, the great majority, uh, and they employ about you know, a little over half of the Long Island workforce. So that other 10,000 uh, employers, they employ the other half of the workforce. But um, small businesses, you know, it depends. You know, many of them had to close. A few of them were deemed essential and they remained open and they were the fortunate ones. Uh, but for a lot of businesses that um, remained closed while New York was on pause, whether it was hair salons or nail salons or restaurants or bars um, and small uh, retail stores, you know, I, I have a lot of concern for them. I hear a lot of different um, you know, horror stories from them because many of them live month to month. Um, they don't have huge, huge cash reserves. And to be out of business and lose three months of revenues has just been devastating to them. Uh, so it was important to get them to open again, to reopen, um, uh, so they can start making some revenues uh, in order to survive. And that's what we're talking about with a lot of these companies, whether or not they will survive. And um, so, while we will likely lose some businesses and some businesses may never come back uh, from losing three months worth of revenues. Um, you know, anecdotally, uh, I've you know, been hearing some more positive stories from small businesses. They're so excited to be 
uh, reopened and uh, they've designed their businesses to be safe. Uh, so people will feel safe coming into them and they remain uh, optimistic uh, that uh, if everybody continues to behave and acts responsibly, uh, they're feeling like the second half of this year, uh, they can actually recover from the devastating spring that they've had. Yeah, we're, we're hoping for the same result for, for our client base too, that they're able to have a second strong half. But let me ask you this though. So for, for, for those industries or verticals that you refer to that kind of are in peril right now, is there anything we can do, um, you, you know, as part of supporting those those types of you know small businesses under 20 employees you, you know so potentially we can save them or is this something where you, you know we're just gonna have to wait this out and hopefully you know the fittest survive you know well to understand, um, you know. We, we live in that type of economy uh, in that type of capitalistic world you know um, but right. uh, that doesn't mean there's not a role for the government to play and there's not a whole lot that our towns and villages and counties can do other than making sure they're not putting uh, any unnecessary regulatory or permitting issues in front of them. Uh, but this is where we really need the federal government to step in uh, with um, continuation of uh, the, like paycheck protection program loans that could be forgiven if people, if businesses do not lay off any of their workers um, or low interest economic injury and disaster loans. Uh, we've advocated that the interest rate should be no, no more than 1% on those loans um, uh, because some businesses actually need that because they did suffer tremendous economic injury over the last few months. So there is a role for the federal government to play as well as the state government. And I think their focus should be on these small businesses, anything that they can do to help these small businesses, um, uh, you know, continue uh, uh, to not just reopen, but to recover is where I think the focus should be. Yeah. And, and for our listeners, I, I want to make sure that we understand that Kevin is speaking to small businesses every day and getting the feel of, of, of where they are and, and, and what they need and, and what we can provide to them. So, these are very important um, comments that are that are coming from from Kevin and and very important. So, um, are there any specific, I guess, uh, areas of Long Island or towns that maybe you're kind of worried about right now? Well, I'll answer that um, two ways. One, there's still a couple of sectors out there who aren't permitted to open, so I'm concerned about them, and we all know them. And I, I get regular emails from them, like I'm talking about companies like Adventureland or Splish Splash, uh, bowling alleys, movie theaters, gyms. They are still not able to open, reopen. And um, so they're still hurting. And, you know, what's a summer on Long Island if you can't uh, take the kids to Adventureland or Splish Splash? Uh, and so uh, they're struggling. They only have... You know, you know, two months of good weather left to basically operate in too. Uh, so I fear for them. And when it comes to neighborhoods and communities, you know, in the beginning, we still don't know enough about this disease, you know, the coronavirus. Uh, when everybody talks, 
you know, they're giving you their best educated guess, uh, but there's still more that we don't know than we do know about the COVID-19. And uh, in the beginning, folks were saying, oh, this is the great equalizer. You know, whether rich or poor, um, you can get this, uh, you know, disease uh, or this virus. Um, but what we're finding out is that this virus is impacting our minority communities um, way more than it is our Caucasian communities. And the way that Long Island uh, has developed, uh, we're one of the most segregated areas uh, of the country. Uh, that means uh, a lot of our um, minority communities in both Nassau and Suffolk counties are experiencing higher uh, infection rates and hospitalization rates uh, than others. And so it clearly was not an equalizer. Uh, this was, this virus was discriminatory uh, against the minority communities. And uh, that could be for a number of reasons uh, that, you know, people are looking at now. But uh, unfortunately, that is, th those are the facts. Um, and it's something that should concern all of us. Yeah. So, so these are focus areas, I'm sure that you're going to be working with the minority communities and uh, and other of these verticals that haven't reopened to uh, to support as much as possible. That That's how I would kind of phrase that, correct? Yeah. No, you're correct. Yeah. Um, Kevin, thank you uh, for joining us today. Um, if you don't mind, we're going to ask you to come back because uh, we got some more to talk about. You, you are, um, your work is an inspiration and uh, and really is comforting to hear about how we are doing on Long Island and, and what we can do to get through these time, trying times. So thank you so much. Um, My pleasure. And, happy and just to, happy to do it. Uh, awesome. And then and for, for those of you that want to check out this episode and, and, and future episodes and back episodes, um, feel free to just um, log on to hrn15.com and you'll, you'll be able to listen to your heart's content. We hope you'll join us next time. For questions or more information on today's topic, visit PrestigePEO.com.